Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Christmas Eve Carols by Candlelight service. It's great to see you all here, and a very welcome, particularly if you're a visitor or a guest. Great to have you with us. Do please stay behind for some refreshments afterwards. There are some uh, mince pies. There's loads of mince pies, actually, so we do need a bit of help to get through them all. And if we don't, feel free to take a packet with you home. Um, Christmas is about uh, good news. Uh, we're so used to hearing bad news, aren't we? That's good for a change to celebrate good news. Um, when the angel appeared to the shepherds in the fields around Bethlehem, he said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pray as we start our service together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come together this Christmas Eve to celebrate the coming of Jesus into this world. Thank you that Christmas is a time of rejoicing, rejoicing at the good news that you sent Jesus as a saviour and as the Messiah to deal with our sin and to bring us the greatest peace that we need, peace with you. So we do pray as we look at the different characters in the Christmas story this evening and how they responded to the good news of Jesus' birth. Help us to trust in you, that you know us, that you want the best for us, which can be found in Jesus himself. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, when Liz and I uh, recently visited India and went trekking in the Himalayas, from time to time we would see a, a jeep um, trying to drive up a steep rocky path. Passengers just wanted to get to the top to enjoy the view without having to do all the hard work to, to get there. But as our guide said to us, it's not just about the destination, it's about the journey. Some people love journeys. Um, for others, it fills them with dread. I wonder what some of the journeys are that you have done that maybe you've been a little bit worried about. Maybe you can remember your first journey to school. It might not have been very far to walk, but um, it was the idea of not knowing anybody else, not knowing what to expect, that made you, you worried. Maybe the first time you went on a boat or on a plane journey. Maybe it was climbing a mountain in bad weather and not knowing if you would get lost. Why don't you just talk um, to the person next to you for a couple of minutes and just to share with them, what is a journey you remember that you were most worried about before you started out? And, and how did it turn out in the end? Just take a couple of minutes just to share with the person next to you about them. Well, the, uh, the Christmas uh, story contains lots of journeys, and we're going to be looking at three of them this evening. Um, what they all have in common is that the characters involved had to step out in faith in one way or another. They're all journeys of faith. First of those journeys is the journey of Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And Flora is going to come and read us um, from the Bible about that journey. So Flora, if you want to come up to the front from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Thank you, Flora. So this is the the first journey. Uh, Mary and Joseph lived in uh, Nazareth up here, and they had to make their way all the way down to Bethlehem, which if you went the direct route up across the mountains, was about 70 miles, but they probably went along by the Jordan River, which uh, was a bit further, but uh, but easier and safer. But of course, in those days, they didn't have cars, and so it was either by donkey or by foot, probably a five-day journey to get there. What made it harder was that Mary was pregnant, and they didn't know when the baby was going to arrive or where they would stay once they got to Bethlehem. Now, that all sounds hard enough, doesn't it? But um, for Mary and Joseph... The challenge started several months before that, when an angel appeared to Mary. An angel just appearing would have been scary enough, but the message that the angel gave Mary was even more scary, because she was told that she was going to conceive, even though she was a virgin, she was conceived by the Holy Spirit and give birth to the Son of God. Here she was engaged to be married to Joseph. Um, all the plans were coming together. Uh, they would live in a nice house in Nazareth. Joseph would carry on with his carpentry. They would uh, be able to live a nice, enjoyable life there, maybe have their own family at some point. And suddenly, that was all thrown up in the air. Firstly, what would Joseph say? Would he believe her? What, what would other people think? What would it do to her, her reputation? Well, despite all of that, she said to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, let it happen just as you have said. I trust you. She has a new purpose in life and believes that if she starts out in this journey trusting in God, that everything will be fine. And so she sings a song, uh, the song with the following words, my soul glorifies the Lord My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. Well, sure enough, Joseph does take the news badly until an angel appears to him and confirms that everything that Mary has said to him is true. And so they do get married. But imagine what he would have been thinking. You know, what what is everybody going to say when they see Mary's already pregnant before we get married? It's not my child. He too has to step out on this journey of faith without knowing where it's going to end. Well, they do set out for Bethlehem, trusting that God is in control, even when things seem very much out of control. Well, they do get there safely after their five-day trek, and although there's nowhere to stay, God still provides for them. They trust in him. It's all going to work out okay. And we're told when they, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. To become a Christian requires us to take a step of faith. It means letting go of our desire to be in control of our own lives, which at one level shouldn't be a big thing because we know that we're not really in control, are we? There's always going to be something that might, might happen, and yet we still try and remain in control. But once we start out on that journey of faith... Once we hand control over to God, 
We can experience that feeling of freedom and security, knowing that we are in his safe hands. So we've had our first journey, the journey of Mary and Joseph. Now it's time to look at the journey of the shepherds. I'm going to invite Joe, Joe Bolton and Aaron Rothwell to come and bring our second reading from Luke's Gospel. So Joe and Aaron, if you'd love to come up, that'd be brilliant. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Brilliant. Thank you so much for reading that so clearly. Now, I wonder if you can use your imaginations for a moment. You up for this? Can you turn on your brains, maybe flick a switch if it's been off for a while? And I want you to all close your eyes, and together we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds. Close your eyes. No cheating, no peeking. Here we go. It's been a long, hot day looking after the sheep. Your back is aching. Your muscles are sore. Your tummy, it's rumbling. But now the last slither of sun has disappeared behind the hills. And the long, hot day turns into the long, cold night. Can you see it in your eye, in your mind's eye? You look up and you see the shining stars. You look down and you feel the warmth of the fire. You look left and you smell the sheep. You look right and you hear the other shepherds. You let out a yawn and your eyes begin to shut. Your head begins to nod. Suddenly, light everywhere. The brightest light you've ever seen. It blinds you, it's so bright. You stumble backwards and nearly fall over. As your eyes adjust, a figure begins to appear in the middle of the light. A huge, powerful figure. Keep your eyes closed, but can you grab hold of the hand of the person next to you? If you don't know them, it's okay. But if you know them, can you grab hand, hold of the hand of the person next to you? 
Can you can you shake your hands, trembling? Because you are scared. No, no, I mean really scared. Your heart is pounding, your hands are trembling, your palms are sweating, your knees are knocking. You can you can stop now, it's okay. But keep your eyes closed, keep your eyes closed. What's happening? Is this it? Is this the end? Are we done for? Before you can turn and run for your life, you hear a voice. A loud, strong, clear voice. It says, don't be scared. I've got news for you. It's the most incredible news ever, and it's for everyone. Right now, in Bethlehem, the town, just at the bottom of the hill... A baby has been born. He's the one the world's been waiting for. He's God's promised king. He's come to rescue people. He's come for you. As soon as the creature stops speaking, you see a flash of light. And another, and another, and another. Tens, hundreds, thousands of flashing light as creatures just like the one that spoke appear filling the whole sky you spin around they're everywhere then the most beautiful sound you've ever heard the creatures are singing thousands of voices together as one the melody the harmony the passion the emotion Their song goes something like this. God's amazing. God's amazing. Peace has come. Peace has come. It goes on and on for what feels like forever. But then before you know it. Gone. It's finished. Can you open your eyes? Take 20 seconds just by yourself in your own mind. If you had experienced that as a shepherd... What would you do in that moment? What would you say? Take 20 seconds just to stop and think by yourself. What would you do? What would you say? Can we have a look together what the angels did? What the angels said? Maybe it'll come up on the screen. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, you know what, let's leave it. Is that what they said? You know what, take it or leave it, right? Maybe next time. Thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) Good display, good show, but not for me. Is that what they did? Is that what they said? Of course not. Let's go. to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord had told us about let's go let's see the physical journey for the shepherds we've talked about this already wasn't very far Bethlehem just the town at the bottom of the hill it wouldn't have taken them very long but you see the real journey for the shepherds was the journey that happened in their hearts The journey of faith. The journey of trust that we've been talking about. You see, this situation must have seemed too good to be true. Really? The angels, the lights, all this song, all this dance, too good to be true. They must have been pinching themselves. Did it really even happen? Were we dreaming? 
But they went on a journey, a journey of the hearts to trust that what they had seen, what they had heard was true. That God had come. That a rescuer was here. That joy and peace were possible. And so they went to go to see for themselves the truth. And I guess the question is, what about us? What about you? You might be sat there thinking, really? Really? A king from God? A rescuer? Hope, joy, peace? Nathan, sounds good, but do you really know what I'm going through? Do you really know what I've been through? Hope for me? Joy for me? A way out for me? Thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) Too good to be true. But what if it was true? What if it is true? What's stopping any of us today coming and saying, you know what? Let's go. Let's see. See for myself. Could this be the greatest truth ever? We're going to sing a song now that speaks into that journey that the shepherds went to while shepherds watched their flocks at night. And then Lisa is going to come to say a prayer for us. So let's stand together and sing. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you that we can come together on this Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of our Saviour Jesus. Thank you for the season of Advent, for time to stop, time to prepare our hearts, time to remember the wonderful news of Christmas. Thank you that Jesus came from the glory of heaven into this world as a man, as a light into the darkness so that each person could know just how much you love them. Father, thank you that Jesus came into this world to rescue us so that we might have life. But Father, we know that there are so many things at Christmas that can distract us from keeping Jesus at the centre. Sorry when we don't make time for Jesus amongst the busyness and forget all that he has done for us. Father, we're sorry when we don't see the needs of others because... We're more concerned about ourselves. Sorry when we're more concerned about what we get than what we give. Father, please forgive us and help us, we pray. Father, we pray for those who find Christmas a hard time, for those who are lonely, for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, for those who are ill or in hospital, for those who are waiting for treatment or recovering from treatment. Father, please provide comfort, strength and healing. And most importantly, keep them trusting in you as their rock and their refuge. We pray for those who are struggling in practical ways, for those who can't pay the bills or don't have enough food, for those who are feeling anxious or depressed. Please help them to see the hope that you bring. Father, we pray for people around the world who won't be spending Christmas at home because they've fled from war. You are the God of peace. And we pray for peace in Ukraine and other countries where there is war, unrest and fighting. Father, we pray that people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour would come to put their trust in him this Christmas. We pray for family members, for neighbours, for work colleagues school friends we long for people to see that jesus is the light in the darkness 
and he offers a deep hope and security that cannot be taken away. And Father, please fill us all with joy today. Please help us to marvel and wonder at your great love for us. And pray that that joy would overflow to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, so far we've looked at two journeys, Joseph and Mary, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They had to set out trusting that God was in control, even though seeing things for them seemed very much out of control. Then we looked at the journey of the shepherds, from the fields around Bethlehem to the stable where Jesus had been born. They had to trust that what they'd heard and seen really was true, even though it seemed pretty unbelievable. Well, our third journey was the one made by the wise men, or the magi from the east. And Isabel and David are going to come and bring us the reading about that story now. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Messiah? Where the Messiah was to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, more, are no means less among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd it who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, They went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thanks, David and Isabel. Well, we're told that the the Magi um, came from the east, probably modern-day Iraq, um, from here. It was a long journey. It says here probably about 900 miles, which would have taken about 120 days as you know, there's a lot of train strikes going on at the moment. Um, roads are busy, as well as the railways. Uh, some of you have probably experienced problems already getting here today. But um, the public's been told that only journey if things are absolutely necessary. I wonder how the wise men would have responded to that advice. Probably maybe something like this. Yes, I'd say our journey was absolutely necessary. But why would they have thought it was absolutely necessary to make this journey? You know, the Magi would have been very educated, very wealthy. They would have had positions of great esteem back in their country. 
um, that have had their own king, their own religion. So why give that all up and risk a dangerous journey of about four months to follow a star? Well, because whatever this astrological phenomenon was that they had seen, they thought it must be signaling the arrival of a universal king. Someone who's not just any old king. And they had to go and check this out. Like the other two journeys we've looked at, it involved trust. Trusting that there must be more, even when it seemed like they already had everything this world could offer. And so they set out. They arrive in the capital city of Jerusalem, where they assume this new king would have been born. They meet King Herod, who knows nothing about it. But he feels quite threatened. They continue on their, their journey to, to Bethlehem. And there we're told in verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Now they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. They could see that even in his humble surroundings, that this child was a king. Not one who is born, who one day might become king, but one who by his very nature is already king and will be king forever. This is not just one who's born king of the Jews. This is one who's born king of all nations. And so literally they fell down. They couldn't stop themselves worshipping. And part of that worship was to give their most precious gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. However long or dangerous the journey might have been, it was a necessary journey. Because they believed that this king might be God himself, who had arrived on earth. So even though they had everything this world could offer, they set out to see if this king could offer them something even more. Maybe that's you. Maybe um, things have gone well for you in this life. You've got a good job, lovely family, plenty of money. But what if there is just something else? What if there is something beyond this life, something better than anything this life can offer? Are you prepared to go on a journey of discovery to find something more? The one true king, God himself. Let's sing again. A carol that describes the journey of the wise men to Bethlehem, the first Noel. So we've had three journeys. We began with Joseph and Mary. Journey physically, yes, but also a journey of faith, trusting that God is in control even when life seems out of control. Then we thought about the shepherds, trusting that what you have seen and heard is true even when it seems unbelievable. And then we've just looked at the magi, the wise men, trusting that there is something more even when it seems you have everything already. Three journeys. But there's another journey that I want us to finish on. A journey that ties these three journeys of these three groups of people together. And that's the journey of the baby himself. That's the journey of Jesus. Drimba Joe earlier gave us a reading from Luke. And he told us what the angels said about this newborn child. Have your eyes on the screen and and see again what it says. Today, 
in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Messiah, the Lord. That means he's God. (laughs) That means he is the king, as Neil told us before. The king that God had promised. You see, being born in a stable in Bethlehem wasn't the start of Jesus' story. Sometimes we think that, don't we? Jesus is God, the king of heaven. He's the one who made everything. He's the one who keeps things ticking over and running perfectly as they should. He's the one who is in charge as king over everything. He's the one who's always been. He's the, he's the one who's always will be. He is the biggest and the best. He is the highest of the high. And yet it's that same Jesus, King Jesus, Jesus as God, who decided to take a journey. A journey from the highest heights on his throne in heaven to the depths of a manger in lowly Bethlehem. From the highest of high to the lowest of low. Why? To be one of us. To become a human. To be with us, Emmanuel. But amazingly, Jesus' journey didn't stop there. He continued his journey all the way to a cross. Do you see the other name that Jesus is given here? We'll go back a page. A savior. A savior. You see, Jesus went willingly to a cross that he didn't deserve. But a cross he willingly accepted to take the punishment that you and I deserve for a life of rejection of God. And why did he do that? Why did he take that journey to a cross to die a death he didn't deserve? Well, to offer us a journey. He went on a journey to offer us a journey. A journey out of hopelessness and brokenness. A journey out of sin and shame. But a journey into life and peace and joy. And ultimately a journey all the way to heaven with Jesus. To be our King and Lord and Savior forever in heaven. That's the journey that Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men were on. That journey of faith that we talked about. Trusting that God is in control. Trusting that what God says is true. And trusting that there is something more than anything this life can offer. And I ask again as we come to a close. What about you? What might it look like for you to take a step in the journey of faith this Christmas? Maybe think about it like this. Imagine on New Year's Eve, you've got tickets to go and see the firework display in London. We'd all love that, wouldn't we? What an amazing treat that would be on New Year's Eve. But you wake up on the morning of the day and you're a bit nervous, right? Again, you've seen all the strikes, you've seen all the commotion on the railways, and you're just a bit worried and afraid that, will I get to London today, right? So what's the first thing you do? You check your ticket. It might be on your phone or it might be a hard copy. And it says, yeah, Haddenham to London. But still the question goes on, will I get to London today? 
So you arrive at the station and you ask the man at the barrier, is the train to London on today? Is it working? Is it on time? He said, yes, the train to London is here. Okay, but will I get to London today? You go into the station and you see on the big screen, Haddenham to London. Okay. You get to the platform itself, and again, there's another screen there. It's due on time, Haddenham to London. But again, you just can't seem to shake this question. Will I get to London today? The train pulls up at the platform, and on that side, it says, London. On the side of the train. Oh, but you're still not convinced. So you go up to the driver of the train who pops his head out as the train pulls up. He says, excuse me, please, can you let me know? Is this the train to London? Will it get me there? And he says, yes. But you stand there on the platform. What's the only way for sure that you're going to know if that train will take you to London? was to get on the train isn't it to get on board the train and arrive at your destination to get to London you see this journey of faith we've been talking about it doesn't mean that you need to have all the answers to all your questions I's dotted T's crossed it doesn't mean that you need to clean yourself up and make yourself presentable to God it means you are to come as you are And to take a step. To take a step. To get on the train as it were. And see where it leads you. And and amazingly, you've all done that in some way today. You're here. (laughs) You've taken a step to come to this Christmas Eve service. But again, the question remains, is there something else? Is there another step? What could another step for you look like? Could it be to go for a coffee with the friend that brought you here and ask them their story what what is it about this Christian thing that made you give up all that you have to live for Jesus could it be on your way out to take a gospel a part of the story from the Bible and read it for yourself or maybe to read it with someone who would call themselves a Christian maybe a trusted friend or maybe some of the pastors here at the church would love to do that with you Could it be in the new year to come along to a course that we're running called What is Life All About? To maybe have some of those big questions you the big questions that you have talked about, discussed, and maybe answered. Could it even be just coming back tomorrow? Christmas Day, come to another service, ten o'clock. What might it look like for you to take a step, to get on that train, to see where it takes you? What have you got to lose? What have you got to gain? A king, a lord, a saviour, hope, joy, peace, forever. Can we watch a video now? That tries to summarise in a helpful way for all, young or old, some of the things we've been talking about. The journeys of the people and also the greatest journey of Jesus. Let's watch. Let me say a little prayer and then we're going to sing our final carol together. Father God, we thank you for the journey of Mary and Joseph and what it teaches us about trusting you even when life seems out of control to trust that you are in control. 
We thank you for the shepherds teaching us when things might seem unbelievable, what God says is true and we can trust. Thank you for the wise men giving up what they had to find something bigger and better. We thank you that the Christmas story offers us more than anything this life could offer. But we thank you most of all for Jesus and his journey from heaven to earth to the cross to offer us a journey of life and peace and joy that could last forever with our King in heaven. Help every one of us today take a step towards Jesus this Christmas. I pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us bring us to the end of our our service and um, I hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening and uh, maybe it's inspired you to take the the most important um, journey that you can ever undertake. Um, As Nathan said, there's lots of opportunities for you to do that and as a church we are here to, to help you to start that journey and discover Jesus for yourself. Do please uh, stay on for a a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a mince pie. And um, if you are able to join us tomorrow morning for the Christmas Day service, I'd love to see you here at 10 o'clock. Let me close now with a prayer. The joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the magi, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ shall be yours this Christmas. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.